Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marchlina, and joining me once again, Sohegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm all right. It's a Sunday of mixed emotions. We closed up the lake house, which is like my official end of summer, but it's also playoff season, so I couldn't be happier. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, the the start of the the, you know, when things get really exciting, but also kind of a you know, one of those I think we say far too often. It's like, oh man, are we here already? Yeah. Yeah. I said I the email I sent to my team with like our practice schedule, I was like, it's the most wonderful time of year. But then I was like, wow, at most, you know, the six teams that end up making it to the finals are are done in two weeks regardless. Right. Yeah. Well, don't forget that you can uh, send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports.com. Uh, so let me try that again. Uh, for, don't forget you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at NHHS Sports. Uh, the Field Hockey Show will be posted, uh, well, I, I was going to say every Monday, but we're kind of changing up the schedule uh, in a couple of weeks. But but the next couple of Mondays we'll be with you. And then uh, Championship Week, we're going we're gonna to take a couple days and digest what happens uh, rather than, um, you know, have there be a couple championship games and then turn right around and try to do a podcast because that's probably not a good idea. Uh, so no. so no. look for a, uh, a championship podcast a couple days after the finals, and then we're going to wrap it up um, that first Monday in November the 6th uh, will be the last podcast of the year. How's that sound? I'm excited. There's going to be so much... I mean, with the way this regular season's gone in all three divisions, I think this we're we're primed for an exciting playoff season, and I can't wait to see who makes it to the to the final games. Yeah, there were uh, there were so many different scenarios and things that could have happened over the last week or so, in terms of who ends up where, uh, and really, like in some years, you know, you you kind of look at it and you're like, well, I'm saying this might happen, but. You know, if if I really ask everybody, like, do we think it's going to happen? No. Uh, but this year, I feel like there were a lot of those where it's like, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. It could go either way uh, coming down the stretch here. And, and uh, I think we saw some of that, you know, at, over the last couple of days, especially, you know, as we got to the end of the season. Yeah, and I think the, the top the top third to half, really, of each division rested so much on what other teams did against each other. Um, you know, like my big message to the team was control the controllables because what another team does in their game is out of our control. So we just got to make sure we take care of what we can, we can handle. And I think there were a lot of scenarios in all three divisions where, you know, the final pairings really came down to what that last game looked like. Right. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, well, let's take a look at last week's coaches poll. And uh, I have a feeling that's going to look a little bit different when that comes out Monday afternoon. You know, yeah, with, with maybe, one of those... uh, maybe a little bit after after the big uh, Dover Wyndham game, at least in yeah. D1. Uh, was was Dover getting a one nothing win over Wyndham in that game on a goal by uh, by Ryland Gray? Uh, so. Dover ends up as the one seed in, in Division One, I, I would assume, 
uh, that would mean they're going to overtake Wyndham as the, the top team in the poll this week as well. Um, but you know what? Stranger things have happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I'm not, ex- not going to count on that. Uh, you know, and then you had kind of uh, this, the same thing in the poll that we've been seeing all year. Um, the top five uh, kind of remained the same, or, or did remain the same. Um, BG, John Stark, and Pinkerton at three, four, five, and then the uh, the bottom half of the poll gets a little bit of a, a shakeup again. Uh, you know, Oyster River goes from eight to six. Hollis Brookline drops from six to nine. Exeter State at seven. Kennett jumps back into the poll at eight, and Conquer goes from nine to ten. Uh, will all of those teams? be there again this week probably not um but you know we'll, we'll just have to wait and see and and that's uh you know what i think i've really loved to, to about this uh, season is this there's just been so much parody um throughout that it's uh it, it's been really interesting to see week to week what what people are thinking about who belongs in that top 10 yeah, it's so much fun when every game, every matchup is an exciting one to watch. And it's not one where you're like, oh, well, we can we can skip this. We can, you know, because it's been it's been anybody's game in a lot on a lot of days. I, before we ca- continue too, I want to uh, I want to just uh, apologize to anyone in advance. If you hear sounds like someone's, uh, you know, hacking up along in the back background here. Uh, that's just me trying to hold the mic as far away from myself as I can. Just uh, had this really, uh, really nasty cough the last couple of days. So apologize if, uh, if that distracts anybody or, or uh, don't, don't worry, I'm not dying or anything over here. Yeah, we'll push through. We'll push through regardless, Joe. I, we got this. All right. So as we, we mentioned, um, the Dover-Wyndham game last Friday, uh, you know, very clear. Uh, the winner of that game gets the number one seed. If there was a winner, uh, by my, my calcula- calculations, if there had been a tie, uh, Dover would have gotten the number one seed as well, or also would have gotten it. So uh, they needed a win or, or at worst a tie going into that game. Obviously, they get the one nothing victory, uh, finish the year uh, 15-0-1. Uh, so they'll be the number one seed going into the playoffs. But then you had another game, uh, on Friday in Division One, that was also for uh, a, a huge, uh, uh, what I, you know, I think it was huge seeding change uh, in the division, uh, basically for home field in the quarterfinals. You had Exeter at Pinkerton with the winner of that game getting the uh, number four seed and hosting the 4-5 game um, coming up on Friday in Division One. And, uh, and and it just so happens in this case, you know, Exeter gets that that win, a three-one win, and they're going to be hosting Pinkerton, which ended up as the five seed, or should end up as the five seed. Yeah, and if that one has to happen again as your as your quarterfinal, right? I mean, it's 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 tough when right D one D one's got the top five with a bye, so. Exeter Pinkerton will be the last game they've played before they play again in the quarterfinals for that chance to go to semis. Um, there's a 0% chance Pinkerton's not going into that game with a huge chip on their shoulder. Um, and Exeter is, Exeter is going to really have to, I, I imagine, withstand a, a good onslaught of Pinkerton offense to 
to, you know, make their way into the semifinal, even if it is at Exeter. You know, we, we should also probably give the uh, the caveat to that we're, we're going to be uh, projecting a lot today, too. Oh, for sure. Uh, because um, the the pairings and seedings that we're going off of are ones that we assume are going to be uh, what comes out uh, Monday from the NHIA. Of course, they uh, it, it takes a couple extra days, I guess, to get everything together and, uh, you know, dot all the uh, the i's and cross all the t's um which i've never been really understood why because i sat down with this stuff uh sunday morning and figured it all out in probably about half an hour so um everything we've got is uh is just kind of uh i guess we'll say conjecture yeah there you go um so if something does end up uh different from what we say um that's probably why uh, but but this is what it, it kind of looks like. Uh, you, you, should we uh, should we just give a full rundown of what uh, what the seating looks like, Division One? Yeah, All why right. not? Let's so start it, there. So our 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 best educated cough syrup enhanced guests. Absolutely. Uh, so number one, we've got Dover. Uh, two, Wyndham. Three, Bishop Girton. Four, Exeter. Uh, five, Pinkerton. That would help if I was looking at the right screen. Uh, six, Concord. Seven Winnicunit, uh, eight Bedford, nine Keene, ten Londonderry, and eleven Timberlane. And I gotta say, Joe, like this whole week leading up to it, you do such a great job too of like laying out all the scenarios as well. So, I mean, I I I trust I trust this seating simply because in laying out all the scenarios, it means you've you've double and triple checked your math a couple of times so um i I think we're in good good shape or i've just gotten frustrated and said i'll you know the hell with it just we'll go with this one (laughs) i mean because when you there there have been plenty of times where i've like sat here and like gone over something you know for a good like 15 minutes and i think i've got it figured out and then i remember there are ties So that kind of, I, I feel like I did a better job this year of, of remembering that ties exist. Well, I think the divisions did a good job of reminding us of, of ties. <laughs> pretty, yeah, that's, that's pretty well throughout too. the season. I, I, yeah, you're right. Um, what did everybody, everybody in division one finished with a tie, if I'm correct. No, um, uh, no, there were, there were five, four teams that didn't, five teams that didn't. Okay. Right. But only, only one that's in the playoffs. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Division two. Um, well, there are a few, a few less, but still quite a few. And then division... a few less, but a ton of teams with multiple, multiple ties. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, after you know what's funny. I remember being at a couple earlier in the season, and the kids wanting to go to like penalty strokes after the tie was you know after yeah. overtime was done, <laughs> and it's like no, no, that's that's not what we're doing. But honestly, you know, given the number there were this year, maybe maybe that should be the case. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the crossover between field hockey and lacrosse is pretty great, and in lacrosse, you're you, not you supposed yeah. to be able to have ties. So, uh, so I think they're just used to figuring out how to how to finish it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, given that though, you know, we expect those to be uh, the order that teams are in. Uh, you know come uh when the playoffs are released on monday 
a uh, couple of tiebreakers in there. Um, you had Concord and Winnicunit finished in a tie, but uh, Concord has the head-to-head victory, so they get the higher seed over Winnicunit. And then Timberlane and Salem actually finished tied for the final playoff spot. Uh, but Timberlane has the head-to-head victory there, so they get uh, that last playoff spot. Although what what I, we were telling me earlier that there was maybe an interesting um, uh, finish to Timberlane's final regular season game against Concord. Yeah, I I heard that the Timberlane Concord game, which was at Timberlane last Friday, um, la- yeah, was uh, only a half. They only played one half, which, according to um, NFHS rules, which, you know, I can pull up the rule and cite it for those of you who want to go pull out your NFHS rule books. Um, but according to NFHS guidelines, um, a, a game that's interrupted or suspended because of circumstances beyond the control of the responsible administrator, like weather, darkness, natural disasters, you know, equipment failure, which I understand to be the the situation here, the lights at Timberlane died, um, shall be resumed at the point of disruption if the play is stopped prior to the completion of the second quarter. If the play is stopped after the completion of the second quarter, the game is considered a completed game. All right. So that's pretty uh, cut and dry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and and I think we had a couple of situations where that came into play. Um, oh, I know oh, Wyndham, yeah, with, with Wyndham yeah. had a game that was only a half. I can't remember who the opponent uh, was. Wyndham and Pinkerton played uh, a one nothing game that, that was – yeah, that was called off. I want to say. Yeah, you're right. That was quarter. a weather. Yeah. yeah, that was a weather situation. So that was a completed game. Um, so Hegan and Derryfield had a game that only played one quarter and then was stopped. So then when we resumed, I think like three weeks later, we only <laughs> played three quarters because it wasn't a complete uh, game, and B- you pick up where you left off. But BG and yeah, Keen I mean, had what the a same tough, thing. Yeah, that's a tough. It's a tough way to. A tough way to end, especially if you're Salem, like, you know, really watching that game to figure out, you know, if Timberlane ends up losing that, you get into the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough road. Yeah, especially tougher that, you know, I mean, Salem had been on quite a run um, to end the season. And, um, you know, they, they had won, what, five they'd gone four oh and one over their last five games um or the regular season to get kind of in that spot including you know a tie against Keene and a win over bedford uh so you know they were you know they were playing some pretty good field hockey and then uh yeah that's it's just a frustrating way you know to see it end but they you know they did also lose to timberling earlier in the year so it, i think it does kind of even itself out yeah, and I mean it's it's tough to look back and see a couple, you know, one two goal games where, you know, what a what a coulda shoulda is is a tough game to play right now. But I hope that the Salem team is holding their heads high, knowing how strong they finished the season, and then hopefully looking forward to next year and being able to build on the late success they had in this season. 
I, I think I might be wrong about this, but I think they had a pretty young team too. Um, I so, think so too. I'm trying. I was trying to look back at what the preseason, um, like the 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 previews right. Of, right. of each team were, and I think you're right. I think they I think they did have a young team. So you know, look for Salem in 2024 to make some noise. Yeah. Uh, so as, uh, well, I don't actually, I don't remember if we mentioned, but let's mention it now. Uh, the top five seeds in division one, all get bought first round buys into the quarterfinals. So, uh, Dover, Wyndham, Bishop Girton, Exeter, and Pinkerton will start their playoffs on Friday. Uh, Pinkerton will play Exeter in the quarterfinal while the other three teams will be waiting to see who their opponent is based off of Tuesday's first round which uh, will be, uh, or we're, we're expecting to be, uh, Timberlane at Concord uh, again, uh, which is, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. Not only is it a, a rematch of their last game of the regular season, the same thing happened last year as well, where they played in the, the finale and then played again to open the playoffs. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interested their seed i mean they must have landed the exact same seeds or i think they did yeah Yeah. right uh londonderry uh and winniconnet in one of uh one of the other other games which uh you know is a a potential 10-7 matchup which you know usually you would expect to favor the the higher seed uh but from what i understand that game in the regular season i think it was a one nothing final that came down to like the final minutes when uh when it kind of scored to, to get a win in that one so we expect another interesting game there and then the eight nine game uh you'd see uh bedford hosting keen yeah i think they all have potential to be interesting back to that lendary when kind of game i mean that was um very early on in september so the growth that both teams have had as the seasons progressed, you know, I think that'll be interesting to see in that first round matchup. Um, and the same is true for um, for Bedford um, and that matchup. Um, Bedford and Keene um, played, I guess, midway through the season at Bedford. So, um, yeah, we'll be, I'll be interested to see that. And then, you know, we just talked about Timberlane Concord. So, you know, they'll get, uh, they're, they're fresh they're, in each yeah. other's minds for they're sure. Very familiar with each other uh, yeah. in, in the light and in the dark. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, um, what do you say we move on to division two? Sounds great. Well, I think, uh, going into most of the week, we kind of, uh, we kind of knew what the at least the very top of the the bracket was going to look like. Um, or, you know, maybe not. Maybe maybe there was still... I think this, this might have been, you know, those scenarios I talked about before where you look at things and you go, well, this possibly could happen, but I don't know if it's going to. I think these, these were actually those cases where you had John Stark and Kennett going into the week sitting at number one and number two, which in Division Two were the first-round buys. Uh, and that held the course that those two ended up as your top seeds. Yeah, and it's it's interesting the way that it pans out, right? Like, and the and the way divisions are are allowed to go. I mean, um, John Stark was, or uh, sorry, Kennett was John Stark's one loss. Um, 
Kennett dropped one to Portsmouth and then one to out of division Berlin, who they see twice. Um, which means Kennett, I mean, Kennett's always had kind of an interesting run through the playoffs because historically they typically, I think because of, I, I mean, I know because regionally, I, you know, it's top, there's no other D2 team really near Kennett. So they try to pick up a couple games against D3 Berlin, who's, you know, always a, always a good test for them. But that also means that Kennett doesn't see seven teams in division. Um, because of the size of the division, the number of games that we play, um, like, you know, I'll take me, for example, there are five teams in division I don't see. So then you add the two extras that Kennett takes out because of those two Berlin. So that means there's seven teams Kennett doesn't see. So Kennett, I, you know, I said in our, our meeting today, Kennett's always kind of the dark horse of the division because, um, you know, with, with the 20 teams we had, not even half the teams in division actually get to play them. So um interesting you know interesting for them to end up as the two you know they'll they'll get some extra time to see who they've got you know in the in the quarterfinal round um and you know anybody that's got to make the trip to Kennett it's always going to be tough and not to mention they have some great players on that team as well well you want to look at it this way if you know whoever they play in the quarterfinals um they didn't play in the regular season right um and then in the semifinals it's possible you know, there's um, uh, I, I want to well, I'd say fifty fifty based on the number of teams that are there, but obviously, you know, those chances are different because depending, you know, kind of feeling what outcomes are going to be. But there's a chance to get to the semis and haven't seen a team that right. they played. Uh, yeah. So yeah, interesting. You know, but there were a, a couple of games, um, you know, going into the week that it felt like we're going to have a big impact on, um, you know, on what was happening below those top two seeds. You know, one of them I had a chance to get out to on Wednesday was that uh, Oyster River at Goffstown game, uh, which was just, um, you know, it was really a, a fantastic setup over there on the new field. You know, seven o'clock start. Uh, the crowd there was great for, for both sides. Uh, it was, a, a you know, a nice fall night. Uh, just to, and a really well played game. I thought there was you know a lot of action both ways. Goffstown ends up getting a uh, a three one win in that game. You know where they they get a goal early from uh, from Nora Irwin. Oyster River just kind of you know charges right back and kind of takes takes over possession for long stretches there, and they're trying you know tie it up. They finally do on a, a goal by Rowan Pickering. So it's one one going into the second. Feels like kind of a one of those like oh it's a whole new game, right? Uh, Goffstown gets a corner to open the second, and uh, I, and I was standing right one of those one of those times when you're, you're just like in the perfect place. Uh, I was just a few yards back from where Irwin got the ball in a corner. Um, saw her just kind of tap the ball inside the circle and then just crushed a shot that deflected in off uh, an Oyster River defender and into the goal. And one of those, like, that it happened so fast, it's like, how you can't blame anyone for, for having that happen. Like, it just yeah. was, you know, perfect alignment. Um, you know, and then, then Goffstown ends up uh, adding the third goal later on what I thought was a really heads-up play by, uh, by Ava Jones, where they were kind of swarming the, the, the goal – 
weren't getting anything through and um the ball came to Jones and she just kind of s- uh, knocked it backwards uh to uh Avery Brazell who then shot it back in and everybody kind of moved out of the way and the ball just ended up bouncing in which was a, you know kind of funny thing to see like how just everyone knew to move as soon as that shot came in yeah d2 has been a crazy one to watch this year and be part of quite frankly right like definitely i mean the top seven eight sometimes nine like it was it all of those teams battled each other and were trading wins and losses and you know the the gosstown oyster river finale was one that had some implications over where people would where people would finish couple that with the hb bow um finale and that is what really defined the top half of the playoff right like we're we were all waiting on those two games really to find out what the top half of the division was going to look like and then obviously subsequently the bottom as well so um this you know it's been d2's been super fun to watch because every game has has really really mattered yeah that um that Goffstown game Goffstown win then gave them um you know the hope of moving up a little bit further in the in the standings you're right that uh Bo getting a, a 2-1 o- overtime win against Hollis Brookline uh in the last game of the season last Friday uh that ended up you know changing the points enough that Goffstown moved up into 5th you then have Bo and Hollis Brookline who are tied at 10 and you know 10 and 4 the rating being, I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but it was, you know, obviously the same. But then, you know, Bo has the head-to-head tiebreaker because of that win. So they end up six. Hollis ends up seventh, which just crazy to think that, that with yeah. two, two games left in their season, we were talking about them playing for the number two seed and a bye, and they happen to drop those two games and they fall all the way to seventh. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I also think it might be a good time to remind people, tell people how standings are figured out. Um, oh, that doesn't so, sound good. What's that? That doesn't sound good. What? <laughs> yeah, right. No, like, because um, I mean, even my own team, like, in going through it, have questions. So, um, you know, a lot of people think it has to do with points or or wins and losses, but it's a combination of those two, and that's what figures out in the rating. So. You know, when you look on the NHIA website, you'll see a win-loss tie column points and then rating. Your rating is determined by the number of points you have divided by the number of games you play. Four points four points for a win, two points for a tie, no points for a loss. Um, so, yeah, both Hollis and Bo, after their game, ended up with a 2.85. But head-to-head is the first tiebreaker. So, yeah, Hollis, Hollis somehow happens to be a seven seed which you know Hollis has been a crazy strong team all year so this is why I think the you know I think all division playoffs are important but like this one especially I think is going to be really spicy to watch because you you really cannot pay attention to the seed that the team is because any day any day any place these teams can these teams can play so um I, so yeah, Goffstown's win over over Oyster River brings them up to five. Hollis drops to seven after their loss to Bo, and then you know, so Hegan ends up four, 
even though our rating is tied with Oyster River, but second game of the season factors in and Oyster River beat us in overtime. Right. And that's how we end up four. They, they get the head to head tiebreaker. Yeah, so that's your uh your your what, your top seven, Stark, Kennett with the first round buys, Oyster River, Sauhegan, Gosstown, Hollis, Brookline, Bo. Uh Portsmouth gets the eight seed, uh, and will host a opening round game. Uh, presumably against Merrimack Valley, who looks like the nine. Pelham at ten, Hanover eleven, Lebanon at twelve, Dairyfield at thirteen, and Pembroke at fourteen. Uh, that was an interesting uh, situation too. That those bottom yeah. five, uh, with the three teams that got in, and then and then adding in Kingswood and Laconia, uh, going into that final week because. Um, all of those teams had a chance at making it. And actually on Tuesday, with I think it's season done, Pembroke was on the outside of the playoffs. They, yeah. they were out of the playoffs on Tuesday when they finished their season. And then because of losses by Kingswood and Laconia, they ended up moving back up the standings and getting in. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's not... It's definitely not over till it's over. I think it's also interesting. Kingswood played an additional game, right? right. Yep. Um, which, you know, depending on what that additional game was, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe hurt them more than helped for sure. Um, actually, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the additional game was, but I wonder what the math would be if you took that game out and if Kingswood's in as a result. Well, I mean, if you're just going by what their last game of the year was, it was at Portsmouth, um, and they lost. And going into yeah. that, they were tied with Pembroke and had the tiebreaker with them. Yeah, so, I mean, if if that was the additional game, then... I mean, if if the additional game they picked up was the, you know was one of their wins, then yeah, you want to, you want to have that, but you know, just, <laughs> just some food for thought, I guess, maybe for can, the, can we go back? The folks and, in Wolfboro. Can we go back and drop one of these losses? Um, all right. So our, our games for, uh, for Thursday, again, uh, D2, uh, first rounds are on, on Thursday with the quarterfinals. Then on Sunday, um, as we said, John Stark and Kennett get, uh, each get a bye into the quarterfinals, which they'll be hosting. Uh, these Again, remember, these are unofficial, just our, our best guesses at this point. Uh, you've got uh, Pembroke at Oyster River, uh, Dairyfield at Sauhegan, Lebanon at Goffstown, Hanover at Bow, Pelham at Hollis Brookline, and Merrimack Valley at Portsmouth. I think these are all... I mean, for the most part, these should all be some some fun games to be at. So if you're around on Thursday and have nothing to do, feel free. Catch one of them. I don't think that they're – yeah, I don't know if, if you took a, uh anonymous poll of, uh, of D2 coaches, if you'd get um, any kind of consensus on, on a team that no one wants to see. Like, I can't ma- – yeah. you know, maybe – you know, you get down around 10, 11, 12. Uh, maybe it starts to change a little bit, but there's just, um, there's a lot of depth in, in this division in particular this year, it feels like. No, for sure. I mean, even looking at these, at the bottom ones, well, not the bottom, you know what I mean? The first round games, not the ones with the buys. Right. Um, 
you know, Portsmouth was a tie for us. Leb was an OT win for us. Dairyfield was a one-goal game. Leb was a one-goal game. Hollis was overtime. Hanover was an overtime tie. Bo was a one-goal game. Oyster River was overtime. Like, these yeah. are all Pelham these are a, all going to be goal wild game for you too. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, and I mean, if you really want to, you know, draw it out a little further, I mean, Goffstown and Lebanon, that was a semifinal a couple years ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, as, or of course, as was, you know, uh, Dairyfield, Sauhegan, uh, oh, going back even further. That was further. a good one. I remember that one. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. That took like a day and a half. I know. That was the first, that was the first ever shootout. Yeah. In New Hampshire high school field hockey history. And and didn't it get postponed because of the because it like there was a monsoon the day that it was initially scheduled for? No, that was I think that was year? a couple of years prior. Yeah, okay. we had we ended up having to play it at Memorial instead of instead of. Uh, uh, I thought there was Exeter. another. I thought there was another year that that happened. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting old. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we move on to Division Three? Sounds great. Well, you know, uh, in in writing out those some of those scenarios, um, you know, you expect that sometimes that some of them go, you know, enough of one way or the other that you actually have to change things like throughout. With Division Three, there was so much that could have changed in that final like day or two, and then nothing changed. Yeah, like like it was the results just decided to stick to what they were. Uh, and we ended up with um, probably what the standings were on Monday of last week, which I don't know, kind of, <laughs> kind of makes me feel a little bit silly then for doing it, but whatever. Well, you never know, and no, you don't. Thanks, yeah. thanks D three for keeping it <laughs> for keeping it neat and clean, but um, it keeps your skills sharp, Joe. Absolutely. Well, they they did have the most complicated tiebreaker uh, out of oh, all three say divisions. More. Yeah. Um, the, the tiebreaker, oh, the three, the three way tiebreaker, three way yeah. tie, uh, for the bottom, the last two spots in the playoffs between, uh, Hopkinton, White Mountains and Winnesquam all finished, uh, five and nine. Now three, three way, the three way tiebreaker works in the same way as like your two way, except you rank teams within the tie or within the tiebreaker. I mean, you know, so like. This team's one, this team's two, this team's three. Yeah. And if you can remove any teams from that based off that tie you do, and then you start over if you still have a, a tie, um, you know, with the, a tie that needs to be broken, let's say, uh, um, I guess is what I meant to say. So in this case. And is it, it's, it's the rating against tournament teams that well, break that tie, right? right? right. Or that rank the, them. Um, in this case, all three teams played head to head. But White Mountains and Winnesquam played each other twice, and Hopkinton only played each of them once. So you can't use the head-to-head tiebreaker right. in this situation. So, yeah, it goes to then rating against tournament teams, which Hopkinton and White Mountains both finished better than Winnesquam, which then moves the two of them into the playoffs and drops Winnesquam out. And then Hopkinton had the head-to-head win over White Mountains, so they get the higher seed. Got it. Okay. Whew. And if That's... that ends up being different and the pl- the pr- pairings come out tomorrow, forget I said anything. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, again, going into the week, we knew um, 
you know, Guilford was the number one seed. They they pretty had much had that wrapped up, you know, for for a little while. I I want to say, um, you know, as the week wore on, we kind of saw that Newport had grabbed the two, Stevens the three, you know, and then it kind of got a little bit interesting about what could happen with those final two uh, spots that get the first round by Division three, like Division one, you have the top five uh, getting buys into the quarterfinals. Uh, and all week, Bishop Brady and Newfound had held those last two spots, but there was an outside chance that, you know, if they slipped, Muscoma Valley could move up. Well, neither of them slipped. Uh, so you got Bishop Brady at four and Newfound at five. So those are your top five uh, getting buys in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I think Newfound, will it be Newfound and Brady then that meet up yes, yep. in the quarterfinals? So. I think that that will be a a fun game too. They didn't play each other too terribly long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, they played each other um, twice during the regular season. Right. Um and they, and they split they it. Split them, yeah. So, now this this quarterfinal game will be the the rubber match, I guess, but they're playing for a bit higher stakes. So, um, you know, I think I think Bishop Brady's track record They've got they've got a lot going for them. They they know what it takes to get it done in the playoffs, and and I think that that's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. I think if my memory serves, which is not always the case, they might have played in the quarterfinals last year as well hmm. uh, with with Bishop Brady. And obviously, Bishop Brady upset somebody on the way to the final. Yes, they did. Uh, Bishop Brady was the seven seed last year and right. uh, beat Newfound two to one in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and if I was, and this might be, I mean, we're we're reaching far back, but I do remember the COVID year, which would have been what twenty twenty. Yep. Wasn't there? Was there a situation that happened where Brady was playing, or was that Mascoma? That was, I don't remember. That was Mascoma. Yeah. That was Mescoma, okay. Yeah, and they, they were playing, they, and whoever whoever ended up winning that game was the was the they, champion. They found out, yeah, going into overtime of that game that that Berlin was going to have to forfeit the championship. Oh, that's right, it was Berlin. It's yeah. the B names that get me. Yeah, it's the B names that get there's, me. So. There's a couple of them in, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um Sarge, and Conant is going to be another interesting um, first round matchup. They haven't seen each other for quite a while and when they did it was only a one goal game so i'll be curious to see what that what that looks like in the in the first round yeah that's your your eight nine game uh in you know two teams that we thought would have uh you know pretty good shot at, at making the playoffs maybe be a dark horse team this year you know kind of i think going in opposite directions to end their season uh, you know conant has won uh six of the last eight going into the playoffs Kearsarge uh, started off really strong and has only won uh, two of eight going into the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, going in different directions, certainly. Then your other opening round games, you've got um, Hopkinton at Berlin in a 7-10 game and then White Mountains and Muscoma uh, in the 6-11 game. And they saw each other fairly recently, too, just well, last week. Um the was it the Wednesday or Tuesday? Yeah, so familiar with each other, so that might be that might be a fun one as well. 
and also played each other twice. And um, oh yeah, both with identical scores. Yeah. Very strange. I guess the one you know the one situation you do have where where it's you know the unknown is is Hopkinton going up to Berlin. They did not play each other. Yeah. Uh, during the regular season. Which is interesting, right? Like it doesn't happen often in D three because you know they're just a smaller, but they're so spread out throughout the state that you know you get the random one where you haven't gone up there. So fun. I'm sure. Fun games, uh, fun games in all divisions. I'm I'm sure in that scenario too, Hopkinton almost might have been okay losing the tiebreaker to flip that game with uh, with White Mountains <laughs> and, and go to Mascoma instead. instead yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The no. Berlin trip's a fun trip. Yeah. I've... It's a fun ride, I think, for teams. You get a lot of bonding done on the bus, a lot of good memories. Yeah. It's probably even better if you come home with uh, with a victory. Oh, for sure. It's a sad ride home otherwise, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up for the week? I think I think the only other thought is when the when the brackets come out on Monday – Times are going to be listed on all of the games. Oh, yes. Thank you. Those are placeholders. Yeah. That does not mean that that's the time the game is going to be. So there's a caveat there. Yes, please. Uh, please check with your uh, your schools. Uh, I'll, I'll try to do. I, I usually have that updated on the site because uh, the, the NHIA does send out uh emails when they get a bunch of those changes uh they'll send out a a mass email to the media with um with time changes on them i try to update those as fast as i can uh, so obviously in the morning that's a little bit easier but yeah yeah, yeah I, but i don't want everybody to see those brackets and go oh my god three o'clock i gotta take time off you yeah. don't necessarily have to take time off hold your horses <laughs> All right. Well, I think that will uh, that'll do it for this week. Oh, I can't wait! It's it is it really is the most wonderful time of the year. I can, I'm so excited. Well, Kelly, thanks again for joining me. My pleasure, as always. Uh, so she's uh, Kelly Braley, the Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD. I am Joe Marchalina. We will talk to you next week and enjoy the start of the playoffs. <laughs>